I'll say, bless the Lord. You say, oh, my soul. Bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. You guys can have a seat. Thank you guys for leading us. Oh, it's incredible. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm the Kairos pastor here. So excited you guys uh, decided to join us tonight. We're wrapping up a series called Basic Math, and we've been looking at addition and subtraction. For addition, we realize it begins in faith and ends in love. For subtraction, we realize if we want to grow spiritually, we've got to subtract anything that detracts from our relationship with God. And tonight, we're going to look at division um, and multiplication and realize that God multiplies in order to divide. But I want us to say hi. I, I know summertime is a big time when a lot of you are here for the first time. Um, some of you guys have stumbled into the room, maybe unintentionally, um, because apparently there's a new cultural phenomenon. Some of you came in here looking for a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I, I don't know if he's here or not, but I hope you got him. Um, once again, things that have to be explained to me. Seriously, like today I was getting my hair cut, and it, it's, it's not a great part of town. And I'm going out to the parking lot, and I look up, and there's three, like, 20-something dudes in skinny jeans walking like this in the parking lot. And I'm like, y'all looking for Pokemon? They're like, yeah, we got them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that's cool if that's your thing. So if you stumbled in here looking for Pokemon tonight, um, God bless you. Um, Jesus has no problems with an honest bait and switch. Um, and that's kind of what you'll kind of find our community to be like, I hope. That we're people that walk around with our nose in God's word, and we're just following him. And because the word of God becomes reality in our life, we see things that are hidden that are plain to our eyes that the world can't yet see, and that is that Jesus can bring hope and healing into every situation. And sometimes we're gonna look up and we're not gonna realize what part of town we're in or who the people are that we're around other than the fact that we've been following Jesus, and oftentimes he takes us to broken places and broken faces to be the hands and feet of him. And so tonight's no exception. We're gonna be in a text where the disciples of Jesus are following him, um, that was kind of a prerequisite for being a disciple. And they look up, and they've gotten themselves into a situation that doesn't seem too good. It feels like poor planning on someone's part. For those of you type A, highly organized event planners, this text will give you the heebie-jeebies tonight. Um, you're you're going to want to kind of insert yourself into the story and be the 13th disciple and go, this was a mess from the beginning, it was poor planning, and I could have solved every single one of your problems, Jesus. But I'm just going to ask you to kind of put that aside and maybe listen to the text and see if he won't speak to you tonight. And so, again, glad you guys are here. Kairos is our honest and unique attempt to connect to God and connect with each other. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. We'll be in Matthew chapter 14. And we'll start in verse 13. As you're turning there, uh, as you can see tonight, we'll be... Taking communion or the Lord's Supper, or as I prefer to call it, Eucharist. Why? Just because I got a seminary degree in languages and I like to throw out big words. Um, but Eucharist just simply means thanksgiving, or it's a derivative of the Greek word for grace. Um, and we're just the people of God who are so thankful that God's body and blood was broken and shed for us. I'm so thankful that we can't get over that fact, and we're going to celebrate that until he comes again. So I've got a simple sermon for us tonight just to kind of make... Uh, a way for us to get to the table and get our hands on Jesus tonight so he can get his hands on you. 
Um, but let's begin with reading of God's word. Matthew 14, starting in verse 13. When Jesus had heard what had happened, he withdrew by a boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's getting really late. Why I think they have that voice, I don't know, but I just, <laughs> I know how the story turns out, so I'm hamming it up a little bit. Oh, Jesus, this is a remote place and it's getting kind of late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. <laughs> That's just me mocking all of you planners in the room because I, would never, I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for you. So I, I love you and I resent you. <laughs> Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate until they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate about were 5,000 men besides the women and children. I'll say the word of the Lord if you say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. Interesting story. Um, if any of you kind of grew up in or around Christian subculture, uh, you probably are a little bit familiar with this story. I do like the fact that Matthew's kind of doing a little bit of trash talking for how awesome the miracle was because he says it's like 5,000 men. That's nothing to say about the women and children who I think he's trying to say they ate more. So this is feeding of the 20,000, right? Um, it's remarkable. But there's a sequence of events that's fascinating to me tonight, and I think that the Lord might want to speak to you through exactly the order in which Jesus did things. First of all, you'll notice that it's a desperate situation. They've got their head down. They're following Jesus. They trust him. He's the good shepherd. He's told him he's going to go before him and make a way, and he leads them to a desolate place. The crowds follow them. They look up. He's healing and preaching, and it's great, but it just feels like poor planning. All of a sudden... Sun's going down, and there's no place to feed 20,000 people. And the disciples do what you and I do when you get into a situation where there is not enough human resources to do what God's calling you to do. You go, get rid of them. Send them away. And you start devising plans for how to manage the chaos that the Lord has gotten you into. And Jesus said, no, we're not going to send them away. And he says this remarkable thing when, G when they're presented with the problem. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. Isn't that interesting? Do you think Jesus is trash talking them? Do you think Jesus is like that guilty teacher who just says, no, you do it. Let me see you do it. And just wants to watch them fail. The good news is in this point of their discipleship, Jesus is starting to invite them in to do the things that he's doing. He's even going to tell them, hey, greater things than this will you guys do together. And he's giving them an opportunity to step into it. And if I was there, I would be like, I hope that's rhetorical because I'm not about to try to give them something to eat, okay? I got like a stale Ritz cracker in my back pocket that's nothing but crumbs and I can sprinkle it over the crowds and then they'll fight me because it just looks insensitive. Like, what, what's this deal to hear, Jesus? But I think a lot of times 
even though I believe prayer is our primary strategy and we go to Jesus with these outstanding, incredible needs of a lost and broken and dying world, and especially after a week that we've had this week in our nation, and you want to go to the Lord and go, how long, O oh Lord, would you bring hope and healing? Would you help the racial tensions? Would you stop the divide and the ignorance and the rhetoric? And would you teach us to come as one people, every tribe, every tongue and nation before you? Father, would you bring peace? And maybe what the Lord is saying to us tonight is, you bring peace. Mm, that, that, that's your job, right? You're my representatives. And I have commissioned you to do my works here on this earth. And he looks at his disciples and says, I see the dire circumstances. I see the lack of resources. You give them something to eat. Jesus is going to compare himself to the bread of life. And one of the things that we're really passionate about here at Kairos is making sure that we're in a community where we're consistently centered around the word of God, the works of God, and the will of God. And we use a, a format called a Bible reading group. And we want to be able that everyone in this room who's following Jesus knows how to read the word of God and hear from God for themselves. And if for some reason this building blew up, I got run over by one of my kids on their bikes, and all the pastors suddenly just vanished, you would be able to hold church in your living room and in your apartment. But if we turned around and all the power went out and we broke up into groups of six, and I simply said to you, you give them something to eat. Would you be ready and equipped? And I'm not saying it does have to be perfect. Sometimes I think we've elevated this far beyond it was ever intended to go. But if we are the disciples of Jesus and we bear his name, we should be prepared and ready to feed the people that he's trying to reach. We want to be able to read the Bible, hear God's word, and share it with others. At any point in time, we should be ready if we're feasting on the things of God, to prepare a meal of God for someone else. You don't have to have all the answers. Matter of fact, sometimes when I'm giving somebody something to eat, I give them more questions. I make them hungrier. <laughs> so it's like, hey, get there. That's what we're gonna get after. And that's part of the strategy too for our Bible reading groups. They're this lightweight, low-maintenance model where we ask a series of questions. We wanna be known. And I don't know about you guys, but there's just this craving in the human soul to know God and be known by others. And that's what that format is for. And already we're seeing a significant increase. And for those of you who've decided to step in, they're gonna multiply. And then guess what? They're supposed to divide. Because you know what kills every movement and every church? When you hit a critical mass and everyone goes, let's keep it just like this. Don't change it. Don't mess with my small group. I don't wanna divide. I just wanna get around the people that I like and I wanna make sure it's cozy and comfortable. And all of us think the same way and look the same way and talk the same way. By the way, not the kingdom of God. Not what Jesus was doing here. He was multiplying in order to divide. You give them something to eat. And finally, someone just says, dude, here's all we got. Some random little ADD kid's been running around. I tackled him. His lunch fell out. Here it is. Five loaves, two fishes. I stole it from him and kicked him and told him to go back to his mom and be quiet till the sermon was over. Now, what do, but when Jesus presses us beyond our resources, 
our character, our competencies and abilities, sometimes in frustration you go, okay, you want me to do something? Here's all I got. And that's exactly where he starts. You, you think it was gonna be an excuse. It was actually a reason why he was gonna use you. He takes it up and watch what he does. Someone brings him something. In the hands of Jesus, he blesses it then he breaks it. And then does he distribute it himself? He gives it to his disciples to go distribute it. Making disciples that make disciples. And tonight, maybe that's what you came here tonight to hear. That Jesus, in the midst of your situation, your financial frustration, your relationship issues, your family of origin, things that are falling apart are pressing on you, and you're gonna go, what, you want me to give something to eat? You want me to get involved? Well, what do you wanna do with this, Jesus? And if you bring it to him, I guarantee you, he'll take you in his hands, he'll bless you, and watch out, he'll break you, and then he'll divide you and distribute you for his kingdom resources. And what you think is death, and what you think will absolutely deplete you, and what you think will sabotage and ruin your life will actually resurrect it. Why? Because there's leftovers. They go back and there's 12 baskets. So many of us operate out of a mentality of scarcity. In the kingdom of God, we operate out of a mentality of abundance. Even though we're staring at the numbers in our bank account, we go, God, here's what we got. I bring it to you. I bless your name. Now break it, divide it, and I need to make sure there's leftovers. Somehow you've got to help me make this work. And so I wonder what it would look like tonight if we remembered that Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, the Son of God, incarnated in human flesh, is simply demonstrating exactly what he's going to do with his life. He's incarnated and he brings the full representation of God to the world. God blesses him and commissions him as his son. And what does God do? He breaks his own son, divides his body and blood up, also that people can come to faith and family in Jesus Christ. And so tonight, that's why we come to the table. Bread is meant to be broken. Our lives are meant to be blessed and then broken and divided. Where God wants to multiply what you bring in your hands tonight, if you'll just bring it to him, he will bless it, he will break it, and then he will divide it so that his family can be fed and that we will praise the Father in heaven and go, it's unbelievable. I don't know how it worked, but it did. All of our planning didn't matter. Although it was important, we got to a place where God had to intervene. And so when it comes to basic math, a lot of times where we see addition, God actually sees multiplication. And then when we see simple subtraction, God actually sees division. It is his plan for the church. Make disciples that make disciples. Multiply and then divide. So that when I come again, I find every tribe, tongue, nation, skin color, country, everyone, coming together at the table to celebrate my son. Amen?